My name's Eileen Barker. I'm an emeritus professor of sociology of religion. Since the early 1970s, I've been studying minority religions, particularly those that are called cults or sects, like Jehovah's Witnesses or Exclusive and the Open Brethren or the Mormons. So anything that isn't mainstream, really, I, I find particularly interesting. And I spent quite a lot of time living with quite a few of the movements now. During the 1970s and 1980s, there was a kind of cult scare. There were a number of reasons for this. One was Patty Hearst, and it was thought she must have been brainwashed because she, she was photographed taking part in a bank robbery. And then there were the Manson murders in California, which seemed utterly senseless that young women did. And then, of course, Jonestown in 1978 really brought the cult scene into focus. As soon as these pictures from Jonestown cleared our newsroom, everybody, even a lot of hardened news people, reacted in horror and disbelief. So there were things like that that were obviously very worrying. But it seemed to me that the worry itself was creating the situation which was worse, what criminologists call deviance amplification. Both sides were giving the other side permission to behave rather badly and worse than they would otherwise. Particularly middle-class parents were very worried about their children joining these movements and giving up good careers. And the only possible explanation was that they were brainwashed and they were dangerous. And the only way to get them out was to do something called deprogramming. And that was when they were illegally kidnapped and held against their will until either they managed to persuade their captives that they'd renounce their faith or they managed to escape and go back. And this had some disastrous results, including suicide. I felt that there was a lot of unnecessary suffering through ignorance and misinformation. And so with the help of the Home Office and the mainstream churches, we set up this organisation, an educational charity called Inform, which would give information that was as reliable and up-to-date as possible. First of all, it was relatives who were particularly the focus of our um, endeavours, but now it's more government or social workers and lawyers. All of the religions are very different from each other, although they do share some characteristics. We tend not to use the word cult. There is a technical sense in which it can be used, but now it just means a religion I don't like. So we use the term new religious movement. And what I use as, as a definition is first generation membership. And this means they're converts. And converts tend to be far more enthusiastic and even fanatic than older religious movements. Secondly, they tend to appeal to an atypical percentage of the population. In the past, they've often appealed to the oppressed, uh, economically, socially, or politically oppressed. But now they have tended to appeal more to middle-class white youth. Not all, I mean, the Rastafarians, for example, appeal to black men, particularly. Next, there often tends to be a charismatic founder and that means that his or her followers give him or her permission, authority, to have a lot of control over their lives. What is the goal of life? 
My whole life I have been telling you. And they're not accountable to anyone except perhaps God. These are some of the 28 children collected by cult leader Anne Hamilton Byrne. Why did you start to take in the children? I love children. They're unpredictable, they can change their mind at a moment's notice. Quite often they tend to have a dichotomous worldview, that is, they see things in rather black and white terms. Good, bad, saintly, satanic or evil. And socially, them and us, there often is a very strong boundary between members and non-members. Another characteristic is that they're very often treated with suspicion and fear by the rest of society. And um, finally, they tend to change far more rapidly and radically than older religious movements, which have got so set more settled. Well, it's a metaphor. Nobody actually opens anybody's head and washes them with a nice lava and gets them clean. But secondly, in my study of the Unification Church, my PhD looked at people who had been interested enough to go to one of their residential workshops. But actually, I found of those thousand plus people, 90% said, thanks very much, but we don't want to join you. The Unification Church, although it might have wanted to have these techniques, didn't have them. Um, but that doesn't say that they didn't try to put a lot of influence on the um, potential converts, but all sorts of other situations in society, including just in families, um, marriage relationships, uh, can be something that, in a shortcut, it's easy to say, okay, they were brainwashed. But I think we've got to look at how it's done, the processes, if we want to understand. When they move to the second generation, and not all of them do, of course, quite a few of them die out fairly soon, they tend to be less certain about their beliefs. There tend to be more qualifications, more greys. Charismatic leaders tend to die, as some of them don't think they're going to and say they're not, but usually they do. And then by the third generation, quite often, they're quite respectable. So you'll get one of their devotees talking on um, Thought for the Day. Time for Thought for the Day and the speaker in our Cardiff studio this morning is Akhandadi Das, a Vaishnav Hindu teacher and theologian. Good morning. morning. And a lot of the things that seemed strange then are no longer seem strange, like, for example, vegetarianism. This was thought to be very unhealthy, that um, the devotees in the Hare Krishna movement, other ideas about feminism have become far more widespread ecology, a lot of the movements focused on ecology or feminism. But another important thing is the rise of the internet. And now there are a whole lot of movements that exist almost entirely virtually. Um, there are a lot of movements that come out of cultural phenomena like the Jedi Knights out of Star Wars or the Matrix. There are religions that are sort of involved with internet games, war games, but they turn into religions. And these have a far wider reach. The, the, the focus has gone off the cults. Um, but that doesn't mean to say that they're not there. They are. And um, they are affecting the lives of literally thousands of people. Some of it's for the best, some of it's for the worst.